welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser Podcast, where we believe that you deserve to live the life of your dreams, and we're here to help you make that happen. Welcome to episode number 29, and today we have special guest David Bosher from Destroy the Hairdresser. This was a really fun episode. We recorded it in New York City in the Destroy the Hairdresser studios, and I spent the day with David, and we did all kinds of fun stuff before recording this episode. So we were just hanging out as friends and it was a really nice, refreshing, easy, fun conversation loaded with so many knowledge bombs and little tiny nuggets. So you should definitely find yourself a spot to um, relax, sit down and listen to this episode because David has so many cool things to say and just such a really unique perspective. I actually started working with him about oh my gosh, I don't even know how long now, a year and a half ago or two years ago, something like that. And um, he really helped me to to define what my brand was and what my voice was, what I wanted to even say. And um, yeah, from that, my personal brand, Kelly Mason Hair Lifestyle, where I started blogging and really just starting to express my my perspective and what had been locked up in me for such a long time and how to get it out. And uh, working with him gave me a lot of confidence. And it's really cool to to see after working with someone so intimately for nine months, what can really become accomplished in your personality and how much transformation you can really have when you're ready and willing and showing up to make those changes. And you have someone to keep you accountable for it too. That's really important. So this is kind of fun going from mentor uh, into a, a friend and peer relationship. Um, I love that we have the opportunity to learn and work alongside one another in this industry and really support and hold each other when we do break through to getting to living the life we really wanted to. So I think it's so cool that Limitless Hairdresser was born really uh, in a large part because of Destroy the Hairdresser. So totally love everything they do. Um, I'm super excited for in this episode that David is going to open up a little bit more about himself. And we talked about what he does at Destroy the Hairdresser. Like, what does that actually look like? Sometimes from the outside of our businesses, if it's not really technically hair focused, it's like, what do you do all day? So he talks a little bit about like what being a coach looks like and how that has changed in his life. Um, And his journey through spirituality, which is really interesting. Um, He practices Kabbalah. And so talks a little bit about how that even became a path for him and how it's really incorporated a lot into his work um, as a teacher now. And we also talked about how to approach change, which is, uh, you know, different for everyone. But for him, I think you might be kind of interested to hear that, the way that he has created a lot of the things that he has in his life and and how that spark got initiated to even create that momentum to start something new. So if I sound a little tired too here, (laughs) I'm recording this intro just today, which is Saturday. Tomorrow is Sunday. This episode will launch because we have had so many amazing opportunities to speak to some really incredible people and hairdressers that I recorded this episode back in, I think, February. And right now it's May. So it's been a little while. And I'm actually getting ready to go to 
Miami here in about two hours to really make some change and some transformation in my life. I'm going to an Ashtanga yoga um, workshop for the next three days down in Miami where I'm going to practice um, yoga for a few days. And I'm very excited about that. And I think it'll be some very much needed alone time. And I'm really going to focus on creating and working on the back end for some really cool stuff that's coming for you next month. So keep your eyes peeled. Um, one more thing that I wanted to share with you that I, that we have been working on so hard at Limitless Hairdresser this past week is putting out the first ever e-manual. It's not an e-book because there's some places in it that you can fill in answers and that you do like a little mini workshop within it. So that is up and live on www.limitlesshairdresser.com backslash superpower. And you can go get the free e-manual to finding and owning and embracing your superpower. So you can go find out what that is and how it could impact your business and let us know what you think. And without further ado, I'm going to let you plug in and tune out the outside world and check out this conversation with David Bosher from Destroy the Hairdresser. I don't really know any other easier way to start this than to just start talking because we've been uh, strolling the streets of New York. <laughs> we've been either. buying crystals, drinking mimosas, reading, hang, hang reading um, cards in the reading cards, taxi cab. <laughs> Doing all the limitless hairdresser things that you could possibly think of. <laughs> I'm feeling very limitless right now. I am too. And maybe it was the mimosa. Maybe it was the Bloody Mary. It could be the two hours of sleep that I had and I'm hallucinating. <laughs> or maybe not. So I'm on with David from Destroy the Hairdresser today. Mm -hmm. Hi. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Normally I start off, I'm like, hey, welcome. But that would just be awkward. <laughs> uh, so we are in New York City. Mm-hmm. And it's New York Fashion Week right now, and which I just found that I have to go to a show right after this. Yeah, so I thought David's I had a lot of <laughs> like a celebrity, and so he has to go do famous things <laughs> I while I to, take a nap. I get to sit and watch the show, which is nice because I don't think I've I, I've been to a few fashion shows during Fashion Week to watch them, but usually because I was working them. So it's very nice to just be able to go and sit and watch, and then leave i know for what five minutes <laughs> yeah. right yeah everyone's like oh my god new york fashion week it's so amazing it's so cool and it's like you blink and it's over you're like wait yep that's it yep and you're exhausted yeah yep no it's, it'll be nice i'm excited cool <laughs> do you know who you're going to see um i don't i could look it up that's okay i'm really bad <laughs> with fashion i hope no one ever you're like don't look at me whenever i'm on like a, if i'm on a photo shoot or something and people reference like oh this is just like Givenchy 2001 I'm like I don't remember. I don't know what that is <laughs> like I know what Givenchy is but I don't know what happened in 2001 how do you remember like how do you recall or did you just remember that one thing and then you just keep saying oh this is just like Givenchy 2001 they pull out their notepad <laughs> google real quick and then I found myself early on in my career being like this is just like Louis Vuitton and I had no idea if it was or not I just said and people would be like yeah it is I'm like yeah <laughs> So, oh my gosh, I literally got off a plane, took a Uber or whatever. Mm -hmm. I rode in. A Hopefully car. an Uber. Something like that. Well, it, long story. I ordered a lift. They told me the 25 minutes away. I was like, I could walk there faster than that. Canceled it. Yeah, the whole thing. But um, I flew in from Michigan. I my slept hometown. for two hours, yes. My home state. And last night, I couldn't sleep, so I made David a cedar bundle, <laughs> smudge stick. 
I always bring him little presents, <laughs> whether he wants them or not. <laughs> my dog almost ate it. Yeah. Griffin tried to pack his tennis ball in my suitcase. It's <laughs> like, get me out of here. <laughs> he would love to live in Michigan. Yeah, he's a sweetie. One day he'll be back in Michigan, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I sound like David from uh, Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so today we're going to chat about you i know how do you feel about that right now the last time i talked about myself was with hair history and that was the only time i've ever talked really about myself because they were so interested in my name change oh see and i'm not so much fascinated that with that because <laughs> you don't give a shit <laughs> i'm like oh, whatever <laughs> moving on that was so 2017 but i actually was working with you with mm-hmm. destroy the hairdresser during that time of the transformation yeah and I had many transformations myself, one of which is what we're doing right now. Yeah. Which is cool. No, it's so, so thanks. cool. High to five. See. Yeah, of course. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we kind of went through some changes together. So that was kind it's of. Always, I'm always going through change. Like, strap in. Let's go. <laughs> Everybody's changing this year. As long as you just are constantly okay with being uncomfortable, which I'm not, but as long as you just try to get to that space, then. Mm. you're fine if you're not comfortable with change how do you keep constantly evolving you don't you get bulldozed i think the universe just bulldozes people over you know when you have those people in your life that are like they're always struggling it's just because they won't change (laughs) there's no i don't think there's any other version you're either struggling because you won't change or you're struggling to change Mm. (laughs) should coin that (laughs) (laughs) you're like you're fucked (laughs) (laughs) either way (laughs) Either way, it's a very painful process. Mm. But no, yeah, we're gonna maybe talk. that's why I like it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think people kind of addicted to the pursuit of it. Well, I think too, one of the reasons we started to destroy the hairdresser was our industry is always constantly evolving and changing. That the cool thing about working with people one on one was that we could take what they wanted to do. Which, which everyone already is going to do what they want to do, but they don't have the support to do it. And so we were like, we're not only going to mm-hmm. support them. We're just going to shove them right off the cliff. <laughs> and they're going to have to do it. And yeah. they're going to hate us. And they're going to love us, which is my favorite process in, in coaching. But but yeah, that's what we started. That We started a company that was meant to scare people to death uh, with the idea that you are running out of time <clears throat> and that you have to get shit done. Mm-hmm. Which, I love it. Which I is, think it's brilliant. That was our whole coaching mindset. You will die, so let's hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just jump off of a cliff mm-hmm. while we're at it. Yep. So yeah, that was that was kind of what we why we started that. There's really no more. There's really no more to it. I we talked about it earlier. Like I've started everything in my career and done everything in my life out of anger. Mm. I think a lot of like spiritual foo-foo people think that that's a bad thing but anger is an emo- it's part of the it's part of the process mm-hmm. and so you can either create new things with anger or destroy things with anger so i decided to constantly create new things with anger so i think that's why everything that i've ever created has kind of an edge to it mm. right i think moving to new york i moved to new york out of anger new york is very strong energy like that relationships ended relationships out of anger friendships out of anger and I think like yeah I guess you can sit there and say oh you shouldn't be angry but I think there's something I was never going to do them when I was happy 
<laughs> like if I was happy, right. why would I move to New York? Then you're content and you're like, this is fine. That's where you kind of get complacent. That's a really interesting yeah. perspective of it. And I think when you're coaching people, because that's what I do for 95% of my life and day, is you actually have to get them to a space where they're so sick of themselves and angry before they make change. Because mm-hmm. there's no other, if things are good, there's no change. There's no need to change. Right. Right. And you kind of have set this stage where you're only attracting people who are really looking for that. Or they're only going to commit to doing the work if they are to the place where they're like... You're sick of it. There's no other option. There's this or I'm going to just be miserable. Yeah. I only want to ever work with people that are sick of where they currently are. And if you're not sick of where you currently are, that's cool. That's great. <laughs> then you don't need a, you don't a need, coach. Yeah, you right don't now. need really anything. You should just sit back and enjoy. But I like working with people that are sick of it. Hmm. Is that weird to say? No, not really. I do too. <laughs> exactly. That's the entire point of all of this. Yeah. It's like if you are unhappy and unfulfilled, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I agree with the perspective of like doing things out of, of raw emotion mm-hmm. and to propel you into creation because that's like that's shift exactly right? you're, you're coming from a place i don't want to be here i need to be somewhere else but coming from a place of of like being unenjoyable in your life mm-hmm. like it's really cool to work with people to figure out why yeah like why because it's always something some bs reason like, yeah my boss isn't very nice to me or i can't do that because i live here or the one, one of the funny things is that, and I think this is very, I think people are so trapped in, I've coached probably over 200 people in the last three years, because we do one-on-one. I've probably coached more because of classes, but 200 people one-on-one. And the one, the one, biggest thing that I see people get stuck in is relationships. Yeah. And then they, but then they, because they won't work on their relationship, get out of the relationship or change the relationship, they don't like their job. I think I'm going to go back to school. I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do that. And it's like that what they don't realize is that it's all stemming from their relationships. And so it's not weird that in coaching, I think I've experienced, I think I've experienced probably over in the last year, five divorces while people were being coached because they get, it's kind of like, um, have you heard of this um, Marie Kondo? Yeah. So she's really, joy. yeah, she's really big right now. And in her book, she said, um, when people start doing this process, a lot of them get divorced. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in coaching. It's like once you start changing everything, unless that person jumps on the train and is either supportive or lets you do your thing, it gets really weird. And I think it's really interesting that all these people that come to us for career coaching, it's always relation. It's usually relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lifestyle. Even not even relationship. Not even like romantic. Well, everything is yeah. relationship. The, the interaction with other human beings. And yeah. I mean, having relationships is everything. Friendships, yeah. marriage, with your children, with your parents, their peers. Yeah. It's all that. It's all that junk. Yeah. All that <laughs> stuff. So how all of these things that you share, you know, a lot of times like from where I come from, where I share from the place of experience. So how have you experienced those things in your own life? Like what sparked you to want to help mm. other people break through that? Like it wasn't like one day you're like, I think that would be a fun job. 
know, <laughs> yeah. there was that kind of from a place of anger too. Um, yeah. So I, when I was, so I grew up Pentecostal and like a mixture of like Pentecostal and reform Christian. Um, and that made me angry. <laughs> and so I left, I left the church at a young age and then I, and I like proclaimed it cause I just, I was so unhappy there and I'm all for everyone believing what they want, but if you are, when you're part of something that doesn't embrace all people from all walks of life, no matter what, then it's just wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm not someone, I'm not someone who thinks that it's even a percentage of okay. Like you can be a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew, a Buddhist, a nothingness, uh, you can be anything, but if your whole, <laughs> if your whole, if your whole concept of faith or religion or spirituality singles anybody out, then it's wrong. And I don't think there's any other version of right. Mm-hmm. Like, So I ran away from the church a little bit and then I moved to Florida. My mom moved to Florida, so I moved to Florida. And on the way to Florida, I was, <laughs> I was, I was angry again because I was in. You were just an angry I, little yeah, feisty thing. I was in the airport. And this guy was reading a book about Kabbalah. It was called Power of Kabbalah. And he was like an older Jewish man. And I went up to him and I asked what he was reading. If I asked if he could tell me about it or I asked if I could take a picture of it, um, of the book so I could get it. And he told me that I was too young. I was probably 14 or 15. And he was like, you're too young to be reading a book like this. It's too spiritual. It's too deep. It's whatever. So of course I got angry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I got on the plane, and by the time I got off the plane, my mom picked me up, and I got off the plane, and the first thing I said to her was, we're going to the bookstore, I have to find this book, and so she drove me to the bookstore, and I found a bunch of Kabbalah books, and I took them home, and I read them all night long. I read Power of Kabbalah specifically all night long, like kind of like you, I had no sleep, mm-hmm. and I woke up. I, I didn't wake up. I was in my room. My mom woke up and opened the door, and I was like, I probably looked like a crackhead. I was just like, <laughs> bags under my eyes. Like, my mind had been blown. You're like, I'm not on drugs. I'm on Kabbalah right Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, she's like, are you okay? And uh, I said, we have to go to Boca Raton today, which is two and a half hours away from where I, I was in Naples, Florida. You're bossy. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been. Mom, <laughs> get the car. <laughs> Essentially, that's what I said. And she was like, why are we going to Boca? I said, we have to go to the Kabbalah Center. I have to go meet these people, and I have to see what this is all about. And so we go to the Kabbalah Center, and it was the new mo- It was a holiday um, called the New Moon of Aries. It was called, and New Moon, is, it's called Rosh Hodesh, which means, like, head of the month. And it was the New Moon of Aries, and Aries is very special because on the New Moon of Aries, every single day in Aries, the first 12 days of Aries correlates with the zodiac. So the first day of Aries is Aries, the second day of Aries is Taurus, and then like how you, the seeds that you plant during those days determine your whole year. Mm. And then you have Passover, which is which is the the culmination of those days. Um, and I learned just that piece of information and some of that and some deeper information when I had gone to the Kabbalah Center that day because I was so excited that I like looked at my mom and I was like, I don't know if I could ever leave here. Mm. And she was like, Well, we have to leave here, <laughs> and. She didn't have the same experience. I think she was a little bit more, you know, freaked out by it. Not freaked out, but, like, it was just so different than what she had grown up with and what she was used to. 
So I don't know. I never, and then I, and ever since then I've been a student, I got a Kabbalah teacher and it was hard and Kabbalah, the Kabbalah center at that time, and we talked about this earlier, it was really rough and it was really aggressive and there was a very strong mission of what was happening and personal change and transformation was on the forefront of that and your whole job was to look at your garbage and find your garbage and transform your garbage and then find more garbage and transform your garbage and find more garbage and transform. And so you get in this like state, especially when you're 14, 15, 16, your formidable years where like that is how you live your life then, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how I started. That to me became reality and that's what you should do. And if you're doing anything else, then what are you doing? Yeah, you're just like always <laughs> doing what we call like doing the work. Yeah, exactly. You're always doing the work. And I think it just became second nature. And then I, you know, I was young and full of all this energy that was not, um, I didn't know how to harness it really. Mm-hmm. And so then I would go and I would burn all my friends out because I would tell them what they needed to change, what they needed to work mm-hmm. on. And it was so obvious to me. And then all my friends would get frustrated with me and I would mm-hmm. lose friends. And so it took me a long time of growing up and realizing, like, okay, like, you have all this information. And I think every spiritual person or conscious individual gets that way. Like, no matter what it is, if you start reading tarot cards, you think you can read everyone that you should. Yeah, it's like a newfound awareness. You want everybody to know. And you're like, this is amazing. I feel so amazing. I want everyone to feel amazing. I want all of you to be changed. Everyone needs this. (laughs) And that's something that happens is that you're like, that you think that you've done so much work that everyone else needs to do the work Mm -hmm. to keep up with you. And then, you know, as you mature in your spiritual awareness and you realize, oh, the, you know, I was talking to my Kabbalah teacher about this. Like, the only reason that you find spirituality is because you lack it, not because you, not because it's a bonus or because you did something right. And I think a lot of people assume that because they're spiritual or they found spirituality or they, or they understand spiritual concepts that they, that they're more elevated. And the reality is that the more you understand a spiritual concept, it's actually because you're you're less elevated than the people that are walking around that don't need it. Because they're walking around doing the thing, they're, they're living their life and most of them are having a good time. And we all had that, fr- I have many friends that like, they have no spiritual, spiritual connection mm-hmm. and they love their life and their life is great. And it's full of love and joy and happiness. And I'm sitting over here in the corner like, they gotta change. And it's like, <laughs> what am I doing? So I think, um, I think that really helped, you know, when it came to coaching was like, yeah, I can share this information with people and I can help people change and I can help people grow, but the real process is for me. And the fact that I have, the fact that I have to teach multiple people awareness is not because I know it, it's because I need the opportunity so that I can transform. Mm -hmm. Because without that, I can't transform. Is this making sense? Yeah. And I feel like I'm so, <laughs> no, it's really, really great. So <coughs> I also feel like I'm holding my breath because I can hear breathe. myself breathing. Breathe, take deep, <laughs> deep cleansing breath. Are we? Do we need to have a yoga yeah, session? Yeah. We will probably later. Yeah. My back hurts. Okay. <laughs> this is the MSR and stuff. <laughs> um, okay, so this cycle of transformation, I'm kind of fascinated by this because a lot of people listening are interested in you know becoming more limitless. Mm-hmm whether you're a hairdresser or not, you want to be able to get to another place in your life, transcend some sort of negative emotions you have towards yourself or towards others, get out of a stuck place. 
and when you're saying, you know, you keep going through this cycle of transformation where it's like this continuous, like, do the work, find the garbage, do the, do the work on it, find the garbage. Okay, there's always more, there's always more, there's always more. Like, is there an end to that? <laughs> and what does that look like as it, as it, uh, as you grow, you know, that was when you were, you know, 15, 14 years old and you're now 28. Mm-hmm. So that's a long period of time to be like finding garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, where is it? What, what's, what does that look like to you? Like, where does the garbage hide? Because it's, you know, it's not a physical thing. It's not like, oh, here's like a <laughs> cartridge from my Chinese last week. Let me just put that out. I'll even wash these forks. I think it's like a different. The hardest thing. If you're doing spirituality properly and you're growing properly, it, gets, it should get harder. I don't think mm. it should get easier mm-hmm. because that is the work, right? So it's like people that – I know a lot of people that they take on this new spiritual lifestyle and then they look like their life is amazing and they try to project this, like, amazing – Persona. I, yeah. And it's like if you're doing it right, everything should – go to shit for a minute and then and then and then get to its next level and then you benefit from that next level and then again kind of I hate to it probably sounds really awful but that's the most fulfilling part is doing that process right Mm -hmm. I think people think oh fulfillment's this thing at the end it's like no the most fulfilling part is the process the journey yeah I hate saying that it's the journey but I mean it's true it's the process (laughs) the process is part of the journey it's like doing the work is part of but you if know. you want to know where all your garbage is, just literally wait for people to tell you because they will tell you. I mean, the guy mm. that you cut off on the street. I have a will great question. You. Well, the guy that the guy that you cut off on in, in your car will tell you. The your friend that doesn't like you anymore will tell you. Your ex girlfriend or boyfriend or wife or husband will tell you. Like, if you want to know where your garbage is, the, there's a list of people that will tell you. Okay, so at what point? Because this is a really interesting question. It's kind of deep in there. At what point do you start to go, okay, well, I, I thought that was gone, and you're telling me now that this about me, but I don't really believe that to be <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. Like, maybe it's you and not me, but you're actually coming from a place of more, um, like, a more steady place instead of, like, reactive place. Like, at what point can you even tell, like, is that my ego saying this? Or is that, like, is that actually cleared up and it's not affecting me? And maybe it is actually them. If, so my, so if we believe that everything comes, if everything we hear is always for us, then it, then it's still there. It's easier to say, it's easy to say, oh, I worked on that. Oh, that's, that's because they... La 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 la. Right, I could say that all day long about people that I work with. Right, like all, my, all the people that I coach, I could be like, oh well, I can tell you exactly why that's happening. And a lot, of, but the reality is that I'm actually hearing it. They're not even telling me that this is them. I'm hearing what they're going through, and I'm like, that's me. So if you really want to do the work, then you have to. There's no question that if you're hearing it or someone's telling it to you that it's true. You don't have to agree with them, but you have. You can't think of it as coming from that person. You have to think of it as the light is trying to tell you something and your ego is fogged up because you're, the person telling you is maybe someone you don't like or maybe someone that has so much drama, why would you ever listen to someone like that? Or that person has no idea what they're talking about. Like That part's easy. But to always be in a state of, if I'm hearing it, it's for me, is fucking exhausting. Yeah, it is exhausting. <laughs> so what does that look like? like? What does it look like to... to 
you have to, to decide, work on that. You like, have to decide when to do the work. And I think people assume that to be spiritual means that I'm always doing the work. No. There are times where, for example, learning how to be non-reactive. How the hell are you going to actually live your life not being reactive? Like, it's not possible. But you can use it as something to build your spiritual muscle. Every, every opportunity that you have to build spiritual muscle is always going to be painful and excruciating and awful, but it's not because you need to get rid of that thing, right? When someone's like, oh, I've already worked on that and transformed that. That's not what you were supposed to do with it. You were, you're supposed to know it's there. It's never going to go away. And you're supposed to use it as something to push against. Because if you, const- if you transform everything, you have nothing to push against, then there's no growth. It's like going to the gym being like, okay, I've lifted the 10-pound weights and the 20-pound weights and the 30-pound weights, and, I'm lifted, and I've gone all the way up to 100, and now there's no more weights to lift, so I've done it. What happens to your muscle? It starts to atrophy because you, you stop doing the work, right? So I think that to say that we've ever transformed anything is kind of silly. I think the whole point of spirituality is to realize that you are like this, like, <laughs> we're always trying to change, but then I think the actual funny thing is that you're never going to truly change, and that's the best part, and that's the spiritual journey that you are, is accepting the fact that you are all the garbage and you're never going to truly transform, but the fact that garbage is there is the only reason that you can connect to something bigger. Right? Like, you need, you need things to work on so that you can experience fulfillment. Without something to work on or work, to, that's why we love working. Working gives us purpose and something to achieve. But what happens when we retire? People get depressed because they have nothing else to achieve unless they're going to do volunteer work. Or they, you know, some people do expansive things like that. But the goal, if you've made the goal retirement, that's like making the goal total transformation. There's no fulfillment at the end of that. The fulfillment is always having garbage to work on. So if, if you think that you've worked, like for example, if someone's like, oh, I'm, I don't get angry anymore. I've worked on it. It's like, it, that's you. Just by stating that <laughs> means you might need to take a look at it. <laughs> but like, it probably also means that you've situated your life so that you never are around people or things that make you angry, which is probably where the things that you're going to love the most exist, right? Mm. So I think... Would you classify that as, like, fear? Like, if you've situated yourself... No, I think like we a- just think... I, I, I have a whole problem... See, I have a whole problem with the spiritual community where it's, like, everyone's trying to stay in their zone and it's like the universe was created with seven billion people because you need to you need to get out of that zone right you're supposed to have experiences and you're supposed to I think retreats are really great but then but that's not the point the point is what you do in your life after the retreat right Mm meditation is really great but the point is what you do after you meditate changing is really great but the point is what you do after that change. So I think that we get kind of caught up in like, I mean, I know I know people that all they do is retreats because they I want to get away from the world. And it's like, that wasn't why it was created. Yeah, Escape, <laughs> like escapism. So yeah. that's, that's kind of... You'll find that a lot of recovering drug addicts or alcoholics will become very spiritual because it's another addiction, another addiction mm-hmm. right? And vice versa. A lot of spiritual people can become addicted to substances because they want to feel something. So... They're very closely linked, and I think that that's a true dangerous. You have to always be aware of that. 
that making sense? Yeah, totally. I never really thought about it that way, but it really can be, you can find yourself in this like addictive, um, like hamster wheel of mm-hmm. going, Oh, that made me feel really good. I want more of that, yeah. you know? And that's like the kind of spiritual materialism of it all. It's like, Ooh, like it's I love my crystals. It's spiritual promiscuity. Let me just tell you, like they're <laughs> everywhere. But if they were gone tomorrow, I would be fine. It's not like I need them or else right. everything is, is shot, you know? And I think getting the, those attachments to things, like, I mean, we could go really deep into this. But yeah. <laughs> but it's starting to attach yourself to those things instead of, like, the internal things that yeah. need to be worked on almost defeats the whole purpose. It's like escaping from what you actually it's escaping from the garbage it's like putting it's like putting febreze on the garbage (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) which it's you know the closer you get i think people think too like the closer i you know the more spiritual practice i have the better i feel and again if you're truly getting if the goal is that we need to get closer to the light whatever you want to call the light god the light the universe your higher self whatever whatever term we're going to start calling it i'm going to say the light for the rest of the conversation but if the goal is to get closer to the light then a couple things are going to happen one the closer we get to something that that's bright exposes us in a really vulnerable way so when the closer you get to the light the more garbage you're going to see right and the more you're going to see things for what they really are and the more anxiety you're probably going to have and the more, the hotter it's going to get and the pressure is going to be on. It's kind of like uh, if I were to get closer to Beyonce, right? I would probably watch what I say and I would probably feel inadequate and I would mm-hmm. probably not know what to do with my hands. And I would probably, like, the closer <laughs> I got, you get to something that's really bright, makes you, rem- it reminds you of how not there you are. Mm. And I think that's mm. really how the relationship with the light works and in the universe works is like, the closer you get to it, the less you're probably going to feel connected to it because you're going to be like, holy balls, this is, I can't even comprehend what this is, right? And I think the further you get away from it, the easier the universe and the easier spirituality becomes and is easier to comprehend. I'm finding so many, like as you're saying in this, I'm I'm like visualizing, I'm so visual, like situations where people in that, like where you start to find yourself maybe at a salon with surrounded by hairdressers that you aren't getting along with you're not Mm -hmm. vibing like you put yourself in that position so that maybe you feel at the higher frequency yeah so that you are the shiniest light amongst the dollar ones yeah or when you start to want to level up the fear or the anxiety holds you back because you don't feel worthy of being at that level yet well that's why i like coaching people in business um and obviously i i i I mainly coach uh, hairdressers and salon owners, but I do coach other people in business, but I like coaching in business because I think business is the closest thing to spirituality in the world because everything is an earning process. You're either growing or you're not growing, and if you grow, you get more benefit. If you don't grow, it all comes crumbling down. (laughs) And I think what's interesting about um, like business owners is that when it gets hard, they think they've done it wrong. And it's actually when it gets hard that you're doing it right. Because again, closer to the light, more chaos, right? And I remember when I was younger, I would go to the Kabbalah Center and it's, if anyone's ever been to the Kabbalah Center, it's very somewhat chaotic. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And you're kind of like, how does this place operate? 
and their whole stance is the light is there. Like, it's just because you're so close to the light, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if it makes sense, it's probably fur- further away from the light, right? People that love organization and scheduling, like, the minute they get closer to spirituality, that kind of it get, explodes because when you're getting closer to the light, the light has a different plan, the light has a different reality, the light is a different thing for you. So all of a sudden, all the things that you were doing, for example, a lot of people that were married, you get closer to the light and the light's like showing you that this isn't it. But it has nothing to do with being good or bad. It just has to do with closer to the light or further to the light. I think that's how you should measure spirituality. Mm-hmm. Is this getting me closer to the light? If it's getting me closer, am I really seeing all my garbage even more? Do I start to get nervous? Do I start to, you know, panic? And I mean, people with depression and anxiety are so close to the light, but they feel so far away from the light mm-hmm. because the light is exposing so much of their stuff. So they're all the people that are depressed, anxious, feeling like the world's ending, they don't know what they're doing. They're so close to something actually exposing all their stuff. They just have to wake up and then start doing the work of transformation. But to realize, you may have to say it, if you're depressed or if you're someone like me who's always anxious, it's not going to go away. You have to use it for what it is, right? Depression, if people have depression, it does not go away, Mm-mm. right? You can medicate it, which I'm, I'm all for medication if it helps people, but it's there to give you the leverage you need to create something and to create energy and to create light. I'm not minimizing Mm -hmm. people's awful experiences with these two things, but that's why it's there. It's it's why anyone- That's probably why most all humans experience it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's because you're close to the light, not because you're completely far away. Mm -hmm. So I think there's this misconception about spirituality that it feels good and that it's supposed to be feel good and positive and happy yeah. and joyous and we were talking about that one, oh, who's the woman that did the toxic positivity oh, talk caitlin ford yeah it's like that it's like uh sometimes positivity can be a little bit toxic and distracting mm-hmm. you know that when we talk in kabbalah we study the old testament and you know there's this whole concept of you know we all know the story of egypt where moses took all the israelites out of egypt because they were slaves and blah 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 and if you've seen any movie or video on the slaves of Egypt, they were being whipped and they were had to they had to build the pyramids and they had to do all this stuff. That is not what um, the Zohar or Kabbalah talks about. Kabbalah talks about they were they were slaves. They had tons of money. They had food. They had women whenever they wanted them. They had enough water. They had whatever they wanted. There was actually no slavery in a version of what we would think, right? Slavery where it's like you have to do things you don't want to do. No, the slavery that they were in was that everything was fine. There was no reason to leave. That's why when Moses was going around being like, you got to get out of here, they were like, I don't know. <laughs> well, we kind of like this. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like if I went to like a retirement community where everything's taken care of, and I'm like, it's better if we get in the desert and we do this all ourselves. <laughs> They're going to look at me like, mm, nope, I get taken care of here. I have food here. I have shelter here. Everything is fine. Why would I leave? And that's what slavery really is, is the idea. It's not being enslaved to anything other than I'm so happy here and I don't need to change and I don't need to, I don't need any more than what I currently have. That is true slavery. And so to get close to the light, what do they have to do? Get rid of all that, find themselves with nothing in the middle of nowhere, get lost. I don't know if you know, but the desert where they were lost was like four miles long. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like something ridiculous. <laughs> they were lost for 40 years. Okay? <laughs> so the, but, uh, uh. but the consciousness is 
they actually had to go to a very dark place to have any light. And mm-hmm. I think that is such a good lesson. Like, if you want light, you go to the dark place. If you, you don't go to the, the light place, mm-hmm. right? Mm. <laughs> so, um, I almost called it limitless hairdresser, but destroy the hairdresser. <laughs> yeah, one and the same. Destroy the hairdresser. You guys are now at like 20,000 um, followers on Instagram. Yeah, we just hit 20,000. <laughs> and you guys haven't, this didn't happen like overnight. How long Mm-mm. have you been doing this for? Uh, the business has been around for five years. Yeah, for five years. We created it on a napkin. We had this idea. We didn't know what was going to happen. And then, yeah, and then we started, we actually took on one client to see if, you know, to run our program. And we told them that it was new and we didn't know what the hell was going to happen. Like, is this safe? Yeah, we're like, see what happens. She's still actually a student to this day. She's been my longest. She's been with me for almost five years now. Um, And she, I don't even know what she gets from anymore because we have taught her everything I possibly could teach her. But, um, but energy. It's, yeah, exactly. Connection. And I think that's like I've had the same teacher since I was uh, 16. So I get that. I get sometimes it's not even about like sometimes I have meetings with my teacher and there's nothing to talk about, but there's just you have a relationship and mm. you love that person. And sometimes that's what you get out of it. Right. So mm. I don't know. So as you guys have grown, you know, talking about this growth the garbage and looking oh at the God. garbage as you grow. This whole process has been full of garbage. Uh, what, you know, now that you're at this place, like this is a completely different place than when you first started. Like it's it's bigger and, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. saying as you grow and you expand and you get to this higher, more elevated place where you're being offered more opportunities and you're having more um, wealth in many different ways, like what does that look like for you now whenever you're trying to get to the next level? How do you deal with that? <laughs> Especially, you know, and you can't just say like, I just do it. No, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, what does that look like for you? It's easy for me to find my garbage because I love to run away from things. Mm-hmm. Like I lo- I'm Pisces, so I love being comfortable. Um, and so it's very easy. I think it's probably easy for anyone if you just know what makes you uncomfortable. And then you're like, okay, I have to do that. I have to go do that right now, right? Like tonight, I have to go to this thing that I forgot about. I'd rather just cancel it so I can go home and put my pajamas on and sit with my dog and watch TV. But I can't. So, and I'm going because, you know, I've canceled on this person. I need to, you know, be kind to this person. I was invited. Like, it sounds small, but it's such a big transformation for me to Mm -hmm. do it. Because the selfish part of me is just like, I can just cancel. I don't really care if we ever talk again. (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean I hate saying that but like that's where my garbage is is I'm not good at committing I'm not good at planning I hate when someone makes plans with me it drives me completely insane um and so it's all those it's all those little time I'm lucky because I get to see mine so easily and again probably never going to go away but that's where I know it is it's really interesting for me to hear you say all these things because it's like (laughs) You, you know, for me, like whenever I say things, I tend to attract more of them. So if I keep declaring that I'm not on time, I keep not being on time. If I keep right. saying that I have all this garbage, I continue to see more garbage. If I say that I am 
like not going to be able to pay these bills. Like money suddenly starts just being blown out the window. Like, yeah. So it's interesting to hear you say all like identifying yourself with these characteristics that you don't like. Do you feel like that's attracting it more? Like, is that like a way of like attracting more so that you can grow? I don't know if I'm intentionally trying to attract. I just know how the universe and I, the light and I have a relationship and I already know that I have to do the work. So I guess it's not even conscious or unconscious anymore now. It's like, that's how I live my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. The difference between being a new vegan and telling everybody that you're vegan and making it a big deal at every restaurant that you go to, or someone who's been vegan since they were a kid and they don't, you don't even know it about them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I'm at with this kind of thing where it's like, I just, that was just how I, that's just how I would do things now because that's how I, I guess, was taught at a young age to do things. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. That's good. (laughs) But I don't view it as like, I'm doing the spiritual work all the time and I'm always looking for, I don't view it like that. It's just really interesting because like part of my, my own, um, like my own work and my own practice is to become aware of those things that I start attaching myself to mm-hmm. and and um, not detaching them, but becoming aware of them and not feeding them any any energy. Yeah. I have found in my spiritual journey that when I first started, I was 100% certain that this is what you had to do to connect to the light and to connect to the universe and to make things happen. And as I've like gotten older and matured in the process, and I wanted to know. I, I wanted to be the person that knew and the person that people would come to. Okay, well now, <laughs> uh, now I want to just, now I realize um, that I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. And, <laughs> and that I don't, and there's like so much freedom in that because I'm like, I don't want to know what I'm talking about. Um, because I think, I don't know. I'm. It would be silly to think that I know how it all works. Mm-hmm. I just know interesting tools to get people closer to light. And that's what I like sharing. But I don't know. And then as I get older, I'm like. Well, it sounds to me like what I'm hearing from you is like as you are growing in your own path, you're you're detaching from your ego more. Yeah. But like, I know he's still there just sitting there just like. Yeah. Just well, like, we have to have I... one or else we'd just be like. <laughs> Dust. He's just like waiting. He's like waiting for that next opportunity. He's like doing his nails. (laughs) He's like waiting. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's one of the things too is everyone's trying to get rid of their ego. Do not get rid of your ego. Your ego is the only thing that allows you to make changes. And and if anything, just let it keep exponentially growing. I was just going to say something again about a blog, but. (laughs) Did you write a blog about it? I keep saying that. We'll be talking about something. I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote a blog about that. Oh yeah, I have a blog on that. You would fit in in New York very easily. (laughs) But I did write a blog one time called Ego Your Brand. And it was about embracing your ego and finding the things that you love about your ego instead of focusing so much on the things that you hate about your ego. It's so funny because religion is the reason that people have all that self-doubt and, and, and like shame. But then people became spiritual and then made it religious where they still have self-doubt and shame. <laughs> and it's like, the whole point is to embrace your ego, embrace your negativity and hope that it's always there. And that like, your goal is not to die with no garbage. Your goal is to die with new garbage. <laughs> Dignity. <laughs> yeah, like just get to the end and be like, 
well, I have garbage, but it's not the same shit that I came in with. Like, that's what you, that's where I think people have to, to get to. Do you believe in, like, many lives? Or Reincarnation, yeah. yeah. I just think there, it would be too simple to just live and die. <laughs> it cannot be that simple. Um, I think recycling is the physical manifestation of that, of that, con- everything that, everything that we have physically starts metaphysically. So, for example, we have cops and jails. We have cops and robbers, right? So that's because metaphysically we also have cops and robbers. We have, pe- we have energy that takes and we have energy that has justice. And so then in our physical world it shows up as cops and robbers, right? Mm-hmm. There's justice systems because energetically there are also justice, 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 sim- systems. <laughs> justice sim- <laughs> system. <laughs> exactly. It's the kombucha. Exactly. Um, <laughs> So I think that's always that's always been a fascinating thing to me, right? Like we ha- like people that the dark and the light. Yeah, I'm I'm always I'm really fascinated right now with like queer culture. Even though I'm a gay person, I don't really understand. I don't really know a lot about queer culture. <laughs> like who are we? I don't we? know what. <laughs> like I don't know what it is. What are we um, supposed to do? But I fully support it. And um, obviously. <laughs> but the funny thing about it is that I love that we're doing like genderless things. Mm. But there is because there are male and female body energy. parts and energy mm-hmm. that metaphysically there is also male and female but metaphysically there is also mixtures of that mm-hmm. right so which is what we're kind of going through now so everything that happens metaphysically always shows up physically there was a whole reason for me saying that i can't remember what it was well the masculine i'm i'm what were we talking about before <laughs> um the ego i oh, forget it i think we've talked about garbage a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the masculine and feminine energy is really fascinating because, like you're saying, like a mirror of the physical world. We're talking about reincarnation. Reincarnation, yes, yeah. it is a mirror of the the internal like energetic system, and it's it is kind of fascinating how the masculine and fem- feminine has been really blended and and kind of melding mm-hmm. as as the world progresses and, mm-hmm. and keeps expanding and I'm re- it is really kind of interesting what's what's happening with that maybe some sort of like balance well the, is, is the world has always been masculine energy which is why we have the issues that we have with male and female people in the world where like you know men are paid more and women are paid less and you know women didn't have the right to women had less, less rights and I mean they still have less rights the reason for that Again, because women need the garbage so that they can rise to power. If you don't, if you didn't have the garbage to fight men, <laughs> like <laughs> to fight men and have the rights that you want to have, or then you wouldn't c- come into power, right? So mm-hmm. it's extremely, and in Kabbalah, it, it, it talks about the fact that like we'll know the world is changing when women are running it. Right, because yeah, that's, I read Karen's book. Yeah, Karen, Karen Berg. Berg's book. Women have to the female energy because what is that book called? In case anyone anyone wants to God read it. wears it's lipstick. God wears lipstick. It's a really really quick quick read. Yeah. Even if you're not in Kabbalah, because I'm not even in Kabbalah, but it was very it's so good. Very, right? It was really good and simple about just feminine energy and owning that and embracing that. Yeah, and it's like, the most important energy. Very empowering. And so we see it kind of coming to the surface now, and it's very important that women take roles in leadership and, and society and take over. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> no, but women are supposed to take over and they're supposed to lead. I put it on my vision board last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it was a little quote that said, the world isn't run by white, rich, 
men anymore. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. <laughs> and straight. You forgot straight. Oh, straight, too. <laughs> um, no, I think it's just energetically female energy is supposed to take over. And it's the energy of mercy, you know, so it's very, very important. But reincarnation, yes, absolutely. Um, even science, science almost proves it, right? Like energy can't be created or destroyed. It just keeps being recycled. Like if I like... I learned that from Bill Nye. Yeah. If I light this table on fire, it doesn't go away. It just turns into ash and then that ash turns into something else. And everything, you know, I also read or I don't know where I learned it. Some I'm probably it's probably on PBS when I was a kid, but like, <laughs> at, essentially we have a certain when you hit a certain age, you've breathed in all the particles that ever existed. Wow, which is insane to mm-hmm. me. Which if you have a problem with the idea of oneness, like that is, like you're physically have experienced yeah. everything. Um, but I think to to say that someone dies and they and that. And then that's it. And then some people believe nothing happens, and some people believe believe that you go to heaven or hell. I just, it just seems too simplified for a complex. If you believe in creator version of God, it just seems too <laughs> simple to be like, and you die, and you won or you didn't. <laughs> you got to the finish line, and can you imagine if you did all this work and you got there, and they were like, "Sorry, Kelly, that wasn't it." <laughs> can you imagine? You'd be so pissed. Yeah. You'd come back so angry. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to you. <gasps> Maybe they got to the end. You got to like, the end and you were like, this is it? <laughs> and they're like, go back for more. And you're like, God damn <laughs> No pun intended. Literally, yeah. Oh, no. funny. Yeah. No, I think it's too... We just solved it all. That's yeah. it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> My microphone. Why keeps... does it keep doing that? Sorry. It keeps the microphone. It's keeps... bowing. Yeah. It's like, uh, yes, King David. Yes. Anything you want. It's uh, all yours. Do you have any other questions for me? Um, so why don't we, I'm going to ask you these, these, the, the hot 20. I feel like I need to like insert like a, <laughs> like a, a sound bum, bum, bite. They like, I don't know. That was it. Something you like should, that. You have that recorded. Yeah, I just... do. I'm going to put that in every time just to annoy all of you. Just kidding. Maybe not. So I'm going to ask you these 20 questions mm-hmm. because I don't want to run you behind to go to uh, your holding the fluorite. Mm-hmm. See, he's been wanting grounding. Mm-hmm. Labradorite and fluorite. That's your stones of the day. And if you ever on my podcast, by the way, I always have a barrage of crystals for you to just like f- whatever feels good. And then there was one that says power right by you. That it's like, That's my cut, word. It's like I'm coming toward you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we always have a little like little party favorites here. <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Um, okay. Favorite bands right now. I have one favorite band of all time. But is it right now? You would. Is it right now? Right now, like favorite bands or singer or anything. Oh my god, I knew you were gonna do this. This is why I started Imogen it early. Heap. So Imogen Heap is my favorite singer of all time, and I, I listen to it to this day probably every day. Mm. I listen to her every day. And Fru Fru was a band that she was part of. Okay. With the famous song "Let Go" that was on Garden State that everyone loved. Yes, Garden State. That's where yes. I knew her from. Yeah, uh, and so great movie. What's really what's interesting about her music is that I. Still, every time I listen to it, I feel like it, I've never heard it before. I love it. Let go, let 
jumping. So if you've never listened to Imogen Heap. That's what it sounds like. Please. Kind of. But better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Next question. What are you reading right now? Oh, that's a good one. This is kind of interesting. I don't even know what it's called. A book with paper. It's called The Journey of uh, the Journey of Death, I think. And it's this woman. It, it's not as bad. It's not as scary as it sounds. It's this woman. Oh, and Fierce Fairy Tales by Nikita Gill. It's poetry. Um, I like I like Nikita Gill. Um, but The Journey of Death, I think that's what it's called. It might not be called that. It's this woman who's a mortician, and she travels around the world, and she tells her story of all these different types of burial and why they do it, and it's Ooh. so good. Oh, that's it's really so interesting. Good. And it's funny. Mm. It's just her experience, like, in different cultures, and I, I, I'm obsessed with it. I, I like think it's it. called The Journey of Death. The Journey of Death. Or, or and The then Good Death. And then you found that tarot card about death so oh yeah i was walking down the street happening and there the death card showed up now let me just tell you i asked on my instagram what people thought and everyone had a different opinion <laughs> <laughs> everyone i mean like i people, saw it and i'm like you're opening up a people worms here people that i didn't even know were following me left me messages it was bizarre funny. <laughs> what does your ideal day off look like mm sleeping in as late as possible i'm a sleeper walking down to the coffee shop with my dog i live my my version of this as much as possible uh going to the dog park and i'm not by the way in this day i'm not talking to anyone <laughs> like i've just got my headphones on probably listen to image and heat and go home and maybe binge watch a few episodes of something new and exciting and then I don't know. Have a glass of wine, read a little bit, go to bed. Like, I am so typical Pisces. Like, the more alone time, the better. Hmm. That's my, that'd be my best version of a day off. Was that, was that the question? Yeah, I think that's everybody's dream. <laughs> yeah. I actually live that life. I spent, that's the only reason I think I can coach people is because I spent a lot of time not coaching people. <laughs> hmm. uh, favorite podcasts? Limitless Hairdresser. Obviously. I actually don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> I don't. I hate to say really? it. I don't. I've listened to yours actually probably the most. So I, I listen to them off and on. Like I don't know. I'm very intuitive, so whatever I feel like is just drawing me in, or if I need something. But a lot of people are into like these murder ones and stuff. I don't. Know. I get really like if podcasts can sometimes like I need to focus on it. Like some people listen to it while they're doing other things. I if I'm doing that, I just don't hear it, and then mm -hmm. it's like I should just listen to music. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, I've listened to yours probably the most. I, li I like Limitless Hairdresser because um, <laughs> I, we try to bring applicable things. Like, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of takeaways people could take from this. It's not just like yeah. you talking about yourself and all of your accomplishments. Like We, we know that. Hopefully. I, hopefully I've accomplished something. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I, I just think it's cool that we have this, this space for all of you who are listening to be able to have a camel toe. <laughs> Not like an actual, I should delete that part. <laughs> I have my actual toe. I have my actual toe wrapped around a chair. <laughs> and it does look camelish. <laughs> Is that what it looked like in Israel? <laughs> okay, next question. 
How long have you been a hairdresser? Uh, are you, and slash, are you still doing hair? I still do hair. Slash, but... what does that look like now to you? <laughs> <laughs> I started doing hair when I was 14. I'm now 20. I'll be 29. So I guess 15 years. And I went to school very early. My dad sent me. So I didn't. The goal was, or his idea was, I didn't have to work a summer job if I went to hair school. So I've never done anything else. <laughs> uh, I still do hair. I do not do hair often because I work with a few celebrities that I work with regularly. Um, and that feeds me pretty well. And then I have just a few clients. I only cut hair. I don't color. I love color. I hate the cu- the time it yeah. takes. So what what does that look like like to um, do celebrities' hair? Are you like on like a retainer kind of thing where they're like, hey, I got to do this, and <laughs> no. then you come? Or, this is why I still have to live in New York City. Or do you have a agent, or do you just do it? I don't have an agent. I actually think agencies are going to go away in the future, or they're going to have to transform into something else because Instagram is pretty much my agent. Mm. Um, but I've gotten all my jobs from relationships from other. It's like word of mouth. Yeah, like my friend is a makeup artist for uh, Victor Hanau. He's a famous makeup artist for Estee Lauder, and he got me a job with a celebrity. And Josh, I uh, Laura Poco was is one of my friends, and she used to live in New York City, and she worked with Josh Groban. So then she moved to LA to work with Kardashians and Chris and Chrissy Teigen, and she's doing really cool things. And so I now work with Josh Groban because I knew him through her. Um, so things like that. But I've never done any agency work. I don't know if it's what I I don't know if I want to do that kind of hustle. I'm getting over the hustle of New York. Mm. It's too much. <laughs> I've done it. Are you out? I'm not out. I'm still here. if that's the thing about New York is that if you leave, you're out because somebody will just replace you. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's why you see 80 whenever you look at whenever you see like really old people in New York, you're like how the hell do you still live here? It's because they will not leave cuz they'll be out. <laughs> you know, like, or they have that apartment that they've spent a thousand dollars a month on, and they just never left. It can be like me, and I just slip in. Yeah, that's on my vision board too. To be, I've able been to thinking be about moving upstate. That might be something I'm. Mm-hmm. But you're still out. I mean, you're out if you're in Harlem. I just want to pretend like I'm in. I don't want to be in. There's a comedian. Her name is. Uh, oh, what's her name? She's an Asian comedian. Baby, no, her show is called Baby Cobra. I don't know. She wrote Fresh Off the Boat. Anyway, she's, she was talking about the, the book Lean In by Mark Zuckerberg's sister or whatever. Uh, and she goes, I don't want to lean in. I want to <laughs> lay down. <laughs> and I was like, I get that. I relate to that on so, Ali Wong is her name. I relate oh, to that funny. on so many levels. <laughs> the least resistance possible. <laughs> Leaning would require <laughs> effort. Um, in one word, how would you describe the beauty industry, the hair industry? <laughs> in one word, how would I describe the beauty industry? Are you feeling like being dark right now? Or are you trying to like work through that? I'm just trying to think of what I think of the industry, of what I would. Don't think. Deep breath. I mean, the word I would, the word I would use is changing. Okay. I mean, it's simple, but. It's good. That's what it's always doing. Mm -hmm. And we're behind. (laughs) What is your favorite color? Uh, Emerald green. 
What's your favorite treasure? What's something you like to keep with you all the time? Uh, my grandmother, when I was younger, my grandmother always had this um, Bible that was, it's half Hebrew, half English. And I was obsessed with it and I would cover the English and I would try to read the Hebrew, which I don't read Hebrew and I didn't read Hebrew then. Um, and I was obsessed with it and it's gold, it's like steel and it's covered in precious stones and she would never let me wow. have it because it's from Israel. She would never let me have it because her friend gave it to her. And then I went home a few years ago to Michigan and she had it wrapped up and she gave it to me. So I have that to this day. Wow. You'll get to see it, actually. That's really special. Yeah, and it's little, and it's, I just, I'm obsessed with it. I think it's just so magical. I don't even want to, I don't even touch it, because I'm just like, it's so old. Oh. So that is my favorite treasure. Favorite aroma? I love, so there's a, this is going to sound weird, but there's a cologne that is amber and steel, mm. and I love that. I like. I love amber. Yeah. It's very warm. Amber and steel and tobacco. I love like true tobacco, mm. like tobacco candles. I like, I like those kind of fragrances. Mm. Favorite service to facilitate if you're behind the chair? What's your favorite cutting, thing to do with hair? Cutting, cutting dry hair. Cutting dry. Mm. Favorite food? Probably tacos and Mexican food, any Ooh. kind of Mexican food. Oh, we should have that for dinner. Like, I looked at my Seamless the other day, and it was all tacos for, like, <laughs> for <laughs> What is it? Some, seamless. What's that? It's a, like, you order, it's like Grubhub. Oh. Like, you order food, and they deliver it. I don't it. have that where I'm from. <laughs> Around my part. <laughs> we got Taco Bell. <laughs> Love Taco Bell. That's also a version of Mexican food that I would enjoy eating. The other day, I posted in my story, the email that I got, it said, Taco Bell now delivers. I'm like, oh, how did they get my information? I just want to know what they put in it that makes it taste irresistible. I don't know. Those cheese it's... quesadillas give me every time. Um, what's your most used mantra? What's something you tell yourself like whenever you're going through like a growth phase and it's hard? <laughs> that you're going to die, so you better keep going. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's what I think all the time. Uh... Like when something's really heavy or really difficult, I'm like, but you're just going to die eventually, so just do it. That's my approach to life. I like it. It's a little bit, it's not, it's, it's not lovey, it's, it's not lovey, but it's like, <laughs> I, I, it's just true. It's like, it's reality. <laughs> right. It's real. Right. That's real. It's very real. It's real, real. <laughs> favorite word. This is always one of my favorite Oh, words. I can tell you my least favorite words. My favorite word. It's a French word. Okay. Parapluie. Oh, what's that? It means mean? umbrella. <laughs> But I just love Pomple moose. What's a pomple? What's that? Grapefruit. Uh, <laughs> like a shoe shoe is also French. It means cabbage. I like mm. that word. The food. All food and umbrellas. Yeah. Mm. Cool. There's no good English words. There are some really good ones. I mean, I'm sure there are. I've asked a few people on here who are very intellectual. And I'm like, do you have a dictionary in your back pocket? Where the hell did that word come from? And they're good. They like know the definition. How, use it in a sentence, please. And I'm like, wow. That's not me. I try, but no. Uh, if you ever see any big words in anything I wrote, likely I Googled it. <laughs> That's fine. Synonyms. That's fine. <laughs> what fascinates you? Actually, you know what word I like in English? Abhor. What's that mean? It's a really, like, beyond hate something. Oh. <gasps> 
abhor. <laughs> and if you say it slow. <laughs> I feel like this How podcast is really shine a light on my darkness. On my darkness. <laughs> How do you use that in a sentence? Abhor. Um, <laughs> um, I, I feel like it's similar don't. to loathe. Yeah, I abhor that. It's not a word. It's not easy it's not, to yeah, use. It's really like it doesn't roll. It's up. real gremlin or like <laughs> something that lives underneath a bridge, like a troll. <laughs> it's the name of the troll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of the ab or <laughs> All right. Um, what fascinates you? Did I ask you that already? No. What fascinates you? Like what makes you like feel like wow, wonder. I think what fascinates me also scares me. So space fascinates me, but also scares me. Like the fact that we haven't been in the deepest part of the ocean fascinates me, but also terrifies Mm. me because I think something lives down there Mm -hmm. that's just waiting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think spirituality as well. Spirituality fascinates me because you'll never, you can never know. So you're fascinated with the unknown. Yeah. And like the infinity of it all. Mm -hmm. Mm. It gives me anxiety though. Yeah, but you like that but because like you it. know that's time to grow. Yeah, exactly. You know it's time to look at some garbage. Why are you so afraid of space, David? Yeah, that's true. You're not wrong. What do you want to see change in the hair industry? Ooh, I would just love to see salon owners take back their businesses and instead of giving up and like, unless you don't want to do a salon, but like some people just give up because they can't afford it or they can't do it. But like, I don't know. I think that people are looking at business the wrong way in our industry. Like, oh, I'm a hairdresser. So the next thing for me is to be a salon owner. And to be a salon owner, I have to have 18 shelves of product and a front desk and a manager. And it's like, no, like the whole point of having a business in America is to make, to help you grow and make passive wealth. And I really want to help people understand that. Mm -hmm. You're not, once you open a salon, you are a business owner. You're not a salon owner. And once you open a salon, you are not a hairdresser. You are a business owner. <laughs> and I think that's a consciousness that people can't wrap their head around, and so they, they fail. They don't want to lose the attachment to being yeah. a hairdresser. Because you can't be a hairdresser. You can't work seven days a week behind the chair and manage a team of ten people or even three people. It's You can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I think just helping people change what it means to be a salon owner. Hairdressers are fine. <laughs> What is your message to your peers? Like hair, like my peers as in anyone in the world or hairdressers. I guess it's all Whatever that means to you. My peers. Hmm. What is my message to my peers? I don't know, to not take anything, not to take everything so seriously. I think we talk a lot. I think today we talked about a lot of serious things, but hopefully, mm-hmm. it was light as well. I think it'll resonate <clears throat> with a lot of people, and yeah. because a lot of the stuff that we've talked about on here seems to be like things that everyone thinks they only deal with, yeah, or they only experience, yeah, and it makes this um, separation. And so, a lot of what's been happening on here is just like a, a reunition. A is reunition. That a, is that a word? That <laughs> sounded is, very Michigan. that's a word, that's my new favorite word. <laughs> you can go back to that question, and the answer is reunition. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it is, it's, it's like break, 
it's bringing down the barriers, okay? No, it is. We're it's bringing good. the people together. I just think you have to laugh through it because it, it can get d- deep and dark and scary. Yeah. And, like, just laugh. I think that's the message. It's just your life. Because even though I do, even though, like, I've been talking about doing things out of anger and all, it's like, I'm still laughing the entire time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Favorite quote? Ah, by Alejandro Jodorowsky. He said, if the de- if you're meditating and the devil shows up, make him meditate too. Ooh, that is good. <laughs> that should be your first tattoo. <laughs> With, and, like, the and- picture of. I love that quote. I just think it's so, (laughs) I just think it's so good. That is really fantastic. Who's the most influential person in your career right now? I don't think I have an influential person. I think the most influential thing is the group of people that I have around me, Mm -hmm. like you, um, left brain group. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like that's that's influencing what I do and say and how I say it. And so... I don't think it's one person, which I think it usually normally is. So this is a very interesting moment where it's a cluster collective. of, yeah, it's like a conscious collective. It may be the conscious collective. Yeah. I think we're just all giving each other permission to like say and do the and I think things we've all that admitted, are really on our minds. Yeah. And we've all admitted like, what are we doing? We're just trying to make yeah. something happen. And I thrive in that. Mm-hmm. Who has been your most impactful mentor? My Kabbalah teacher, Sarah Weston. Has ch- I mean, I don't, wouldn't be anywhere. That, like, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> I would not have anything that I have if it wasn't for Sarah Weston. Shout out to Sarah. <laughs> um, okay, I guess last one. Who else should we interview? Sarah Weston. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Weston. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, I mean, hair or non-hair. Think big. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but also, Karen Berg. You should interview Karen Berg, mm. first woman to ever study Kabbalah in history. Mm. The only reason that non-Jewish men of any age or sexual orientation can study Kabbalah. I think mm. she would totally be interested in something like this. Yeah, we should throw that out there to the. I like it. Universe, that would be fun. Yeah, I'm really interested in bringing on more people from outside of our industry to bring influence into our industry. So Mm. let us know if you are interested in stuff like that. Leave us a comment on this podcast. And um, we've had a few people on so far, and it was really, we had really good response. So do it up. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Is that it? Yeah. Am I all done? You're done. You can go to your fashion show now. (laughs) (laughs) this has been really cool yeah i'm really nervous to hear what i said (laughs) it was great it was really great thank you thank you for having me this was fun i had no idea what we're going to talk about i normally have like some ideas and i was like can we just go eat and hang out have a few drinks and then we'll just like see what happens there's so much more where all that came from so we could do another one i know that's how everyone always feels at the end it's like okay we got lots to say so thank you david thank you and um Thank you for listening. If you hung in there with us. <laughs> if you hung in there and you heard, you what was it? Reunition. Reunition. <laughs> if you. Reunition and it feels so good. That should be actually like, if you heard that, you listened to the whole thing. <laughs> so if you heard that, I want you to tag reunition under. The, Hashtag reunition. Yeah. And you tell me how to spell it because <laughs> I don't know that it exists. Okay. We love you. Thank you. 
and yeah, peace out. Goodbye. But goodbye. Goodbye now. Bye bye. See you later. <laughs>